It is said that one should keep one's allies within view and one's enemies within reach. A valid statement. One must be able to read an ally's strengths so as to determine how to best use them. One must similarly be able to read his enemy's weaknesses so as to determine how to best defeat faking Star Wars Radio. That's right, it's another great episode of Faking Star Wars Radio, the official podcast of FakingStarWars.net. And I'm your host today, Storm Duper, and we're going to do another one of our great interview episodes where we interview a Star Wars fanatic out there in the universe and talk about uh, their love of Star Wars and what they've been doing with their time in social media and whatnot. And with me today, all the way from down on the mic, is Mr. Callum Johns, who is with me, uh, a very uh, interesting person. He's got a great YouTube channel streaming all kinds of great content and a purported expert uh, on the Star Wars Expanded Universe. So we are going to have a very interesting and possibly... um, uh, you know, explosive conversation given how political uh, this issue of the EU is. Um, so, uh, welcome to the studio, Callum. Uh, it's very nice to have you. Hi, it's good to be here. Thanks for asking me to come on. So, uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you discovered faking Star Wars. How did this uh, this hookup happen? It was when I virtually started my YouTube channel. The I came across this group called Faking Star Wars on Discord. And so I started interacting a little bit and talking to some people there. And yeah, that was really good because it was when I was just starting out and people were supportive and everything. And that was really awesome. Very cool. Yes. And if you are out there and want to join the Discord, it's bit.ly slash FSW, all in caps, Discord. That's bit.ly slash FSW, capital letters, Discord. Um, So that's cool. You know, we always love hearing about people like yourself who, um, you know, we just connect with because we have something in common. And uh, so for you, are you um, more of a a original trilogy guy, prequel trilogy, sequel trilogy? Where do you fit into the narrative here with Star Wars? Uh, Yeah, where am I fitting in? Right. Uh, Original trilogy is the best. But I did grow up with the prequels, and so I really love the prequels as well and the overarching story between the two trilogies. And of course, as you said, I'm an EU fan, so I think those really coloured my perception in a way of the sequel trilogy in that I know that there's a lot more potential for Star Wars and that there's a lot greater stories out there, and so I'm not really a big fan of the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this is a question that's burning in everyone's mind right now about the EU. You know, there's been a lot of news uh, in Twitter and and other websites about uh, certain things that might be happening with the EU and intimations, and people are getting very excited to see the return of certain parts of the EU possibly uh, in the future. And so I just want to ask you right off the bat, you know, uh, what is your opinion of the EU and the uh, Schengen Agreement and how that's going to affect diplomacy in the next few years? Schengen Agreement? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're not talking about... (laughs) European geopolitical trends. We're talking about Star Wars. I forgot. Um, no, but uh, <laughs> so would you say that you're more into the books of the expanded universe, the comics? Uh, how did you get your start in that part of, uh, of mm. the literature and, and the canon? I think my big start would be playing some of the video games when I was younger. And so ones like Star Wars Battlefront 2 from 2005 and The Force Unleashed on PS2 have been really big for me as far as Getting me started in the universe with the different story, the expanding on the universe, and the 
all part of that. And then it's, uh, I'm more of a novel person, so I've read a lot of books when I was younger, and so I read more of the novels, and I have read more of the EU novels, but I am working on reading more of the comic books. So actually, of now, I've read all of the original Marvel run, and I'm going to start on reading Dawn of the Jedi and start reading the Dark Horse comics chronologically. Wow, so if somebody wanted to follow you and, in that, yeah. uh, you know, and just sort of shadow your uh, imbibing into that world, how many issues do you think we're really talking about? I mean, give it an estimate. Are we talking about 100, several hundred? Where are we with that? There's lots. I haven't counted them all, but the original Marvel run was officially 107 issues. And then we have the Return of the Jedi adaptation was separate, which is four issues. And then we had droids and Ewoks, which mm-hmm. are separate comic runs, which is about 11 issues for Ewoks and eight issues for droids. And so then that was even before Dark Horse took off and made heaps of others. The only Star Wars comics that I've read uh, actually were these those original four Return of the Jedi adaptations when I was young. And I actually tried to purchase them recently because I'm on a wild goose hunt to find out evidence uh, that they released re- uh, certain clips in Return of the Jedi in the trailer that never actually were in the theatrical version. So I thought the comics might shed some light on that. Um, I was able to track down three of those four issues for a pretty cheap price. So um, that's kind of where I'm entering the Star Wars comic world uh, by way of kind of nostalgia. Nice. That's a good way to do it. And I think the, there's so many comics. Like there's over 300 novels, including the junior novels. And so there's many, many more comics, especially in the Old Republic era. And so I've got a lot of them digitally because I don't have the money to be able to afford buying them all, which would be me focusing on the novels first and then going to comic books. So if there's any... But it's weird with the Return of the Jedi novel, the adaptation of Return of the Jedi, that I can't find it very easily online to be able to download to add it to my collection. Because it would be a fine addition to my collection. Your EU decanonized uh, B literature will be a fine addition to my collection. (laughs) (laughs) So... Um, which is your favorite novel or comic from the Expanded Universe? If you had to have just one, which would you pick? At the moment, I've been really loving the X-Wing series, so, and how that's played out. And it's not disappointed me in any way so far. It, and about- it doesn't have anything that really divides fans, I think, from a fandom perspective. And so, it going through... I just started Wraith Squadron, and... I do do my e-reviews, so my reviews go up of that. If people do want to follow along, like you said, with shadowing me with that, it's just even following along with my reviews that I go up on my YouTube channel. Get the thoughts and have a conversation even in the comments and that about it. That's really really awesome of a story that doesn't focus on the big three, Han, Luke and Leia, as much. Actually follows some more of the normal, per se, people of the Rebel Alliance with the... Wedge Antilles, who survived both of the Death Star runs, and from the perspective of Corrin Horn, but at the same time giving some thoughts from Wedge's perspective at the same time, which has been awesome. Hmm. Very good. So it's sort of a, a little bit like a Rogue One approach to doing the narrative where the side characters and the people who are responsible for, for cooking the sausage, as it were, before uh, Luke himself got to eat the sausage on Dagobah in front of Yoda. Oh, yeah, in a certain <laughs> sort of way. <laughs> Very um, cool. And it's really cool because it tells important events as well, like the... Spoiler, they do start 
off with it because they're aiming for it is the taking of Coruscant after the Emperor's defeat and taking that and then them starting to form as a proper government compared to a rebellion, which I find really interesting. So for somebody like myself, uh, Storm Duper, who I haven't really garnered the intellectual, um, you know, um, just modicum of strength uh, to to gear to to gird up my loins and launch into a book. You know, I most of my time is spent sort of festering on the sofa with pizza crumbs and my beard uh, glued to the television set. But if I if I you know was inspired somehow to approach literature for the first time and read one of these novels of which you speak, which one would you throw my way? Who you know a great fan of the uh, movies, but not so knowledgeable about the. Uh, the word in print for Star Wars? Yeah, good question. Well, I think I'd point you towards a video I did a while ago with recommendations of where to start with the novels, but just here I would say, in short, it depends what aspect of Star Wars you're interested in as well, but the most general one that would be the most interesting for most people would be starting with the Thrawn trilogy by Timothy Zahn. And that yeah. is starts with Heir to the Empire, and the second book is Dark Force Rising, and the last book is The Last Command. Hmm. I saw and that it. really follows on and is the spiritual sequel trilogy from back in 1991 for Star Wars and what really sparked off the interest in the rest of the expanded universe because it was so popular and everything. So the the Thrawn trilogy is one that I'm familiar with in terms of just discussing it with people who uh, who you know they come up to me on the street and they see that I have a Star Wars helmet on a stormtrooper helmet on and they just start talking to me about it without even asking if I want to hear about it. It's sort of like uh, <laughs> veganism, you know, in a way. It's like you just know instantly that someone's a fan of the Thrawn trilogy, and Disney and Lucasfilm have tr- sort of shifted the narrative of Thrawn and included him in Rebels as well. Talk about some of those differences. How did you feel about that move? Um, and what do you think it uh, maybe portends for the future of this character? Oh, you're lucky Rebels was released before Episode Nine because I'm not even watching new canon stuff after Episode Nine. Uh, <laughs> you're done, huh? Uh, you're done. I, it took me multiple false starts as well to get through the first season of Rebels. But yeah, um... The way that I look at it is very much that they have a character named Thrawn, but it isn't the same character when they add it to the new canon. Okay. Because too many people live in Rebels. And so I think when you have in Timothy Zahn's books, I don't know the new canon books because I haven't really delved into their new canon content as far as books and comics go, but when you have him in something like Rebels... It feels like they changed how he is a little bit, and it feels like he's not as brilliant, which is the main thing. Like, yeah, he could be in character and all that, but I think that he's not as strategically brilliant as he was. And now people can make up explanations and try and explain it away for why they escaped and that, but I still think Rebels didn't kill enough people. Yeah, well, in general, I think that the Disney Star Wars is, you know, have tried to sort of. Um mollify or, or, you know, just sort of um, polish a bit the rough edges of the galaxy 
you know, and make it a little bit more palatable to those people who are triggered by simple things. Um, and that's why on this podcast, we aim to trigger people as much as possible. Uh, we take down a list of different things about Star Wars that cause people to go into epileptic seizures, and we try to mention those every time that we can. Um, and the thing with Thrawn that I've noticed is that people have a devotion to him that belies almost their interest in Star Wars. I mean, people are almost fans of Thrawn more than they're even a fan of the entire mm. Star Wars trilogy. And so I wonder how you would feel if he was introduced, say, for example, into The Mandalorian or into other movies. I mean, would you would you maintain your stance that this isn't really Thrawn, it's just another blue character who happens to be a military um, intellect? Uh, how, how would you deal with that? What do you think fans would do? Would they reject it? Would they riot in the streets and say, Blue Lives Matter, uh, you know, stop uh, stop appropriating our Thrawn narrative for your own Disney culture and, and uh, financial gain? What's your take? Using old EU characters and characters they've already created to add into something like The Mandalorian, I think that takes away from their creativity. And they could actually tell a lot more creative and interesting stories without relying on previous material. So you're a great optimist because, I mean, you have a belief that creativity is sort of an unfettered resource that has no uh, quenching. Because even though they've written 300 plus novels, comic books and everything, you would think some cynics might say that Star Wars is done, that there's nothing new under the sun. But I kind of like what I'm hearing, that you're saying that, no, there is actually new material that they could come up with if Disney gave money to anybody other than the squirrels that are running the show. Oh, yeah, because read the novels and you'll see that it ends chronologically with Crucible, which isn't a proper ending exactly. And Mm. look at the things... George Lucas specifically left some things, like the deaths of the big three... Like, Han, Luke, and Leia do not have their deaths written in the Expanded Universe. And sort of the Jedi was going to come out, it was going to have a Star Wars Underworld show, Star Wars 13, 13 was going to come out, and I think there's definitely an opportunity to delve more into some of the different genres than just a couple of books here and there. Like, with the horror genre for Star Wars, they could actually do a little bit more than Death Troopers... Red Harvest and the Galaxy of Fear series. You know, it's interesting you really mentioned cool. the genre of horror. <clears throat> I I don't know if you've seen the recent film, uh, 1917, the World War One uh, long take one shot film. Have you seen that? Not yet. No. I've heard about the cinematography and I've been meaning to watch it. So it's a brilliant time. film. Uh, but one thing that you know, I originally made the suggestion about a year ago, uh, even before that film came out, and then recently I've been seeing a lot of people copying me on Twitter and social media, making the same suggestion that uh, uh, Disney Lucasfilm uh, create a one-shot Star Wars movie that is sort of an escape from zombies sort of feel, right? Like that kind of one-shot, everything, you know, every moment is precarious. Um, And so if you were going to recommend a novel or a character or a plot line from the EU where they could do that kind of raw, like R-rated Star Wars gritty one-shot film, where would you go with that? Set it in the EU but create something new because adapting a story, I think, will... But can do it justice, but I think that allows freedom for the directors and everything as well to be able to add a new story in and do something really creative with it. Because 
I can't think of one that I really want to have as an adaptation. Like people say, the Thrawn trilogy and that as adaptations for movies, but I think I like them just as the books. And if the I was a director wanting to work on a Star Wars movie, and they said yes, you get a Star Wars movie, I wouldn't want to go rocking up today. I get to I have all my ideas, all my things that I want to put into the story. And then, oh, I have to adapt a book. What must that be like for these directors who, you know, are making these new Star Wars movies and, and it is just being churned out of the chocolate factory piece by piece? Like, you have to have oh, this character, you have to have that, you know, element. And it, you get fired. <laughs> right, right. You, you, you say the wrong thing on social media or you look at somebody wrong or you don't tweet the right thing and all of a sudden you're out of a job and you have a, an entire script for a movie that leaks on the... Uh, on the internet a year later. <laughs> huh. Sure. So thinking about uh, the disaster that sort of is uh, some of the new canon stuff, um, is there anything that you think of as being like the worst piece of EU stuff that you've read or watched? I've I've heard stories like uh, there's sort of a... Uh, a scene of notoriety in the EU where uh, the fourth wall is sort of broken between uh, Earth as a reality and Star Wars galaxy, where Lando Calrissian talks about uh, drinking hot chocolate, and it's it's somehow <laughs> somehow bemoaned among fans. I guess is this moment where it was just the wrong sort of uh, a tone for the the book. But what about you? What would you say is your worst piece of EU material? Mm. So far, and I haven't read Crystal Star yet, so it could change. But I think the worst novel so far has been Ruins of Dantooine. This is uh, based on Souls Galaxies, which was the old MMO that got cancelled. And now, actually, fans run servers for it. I never really got into that too much, but it's just it just reads like it's uh, MMO, and it's really not that interesting and not that good so what <laughs> like, do you mean by mmo though is that an abbreviation or it's an yeah it's an abbreviation for massive multiplayer online right. game right and they're mainly on pc though i think a couple are multi-platform sold as a video game of course yeah and so that w it's very much a thing of you get a quest and you go somewhere to do something and then you have to go back to the quest giver to finish the quest right and it doesn't seem like it adds anything really meaningful to the world either. Mm, it's a very repetitive kind of just to keep you playing <laughs> yeah. another another day. Yeah. And so when I'm reading the novel, I go, you're just doing some things and it's not well strung together for just, let's go from point A to point B. <laughs> so is it possible that this might have been the inspiration for the narrative of Rise of Skywalker? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the read... If you read Dark Empire, the comic released in 1991, you'll get a lot of the things that were put into The Rise of Skywalker because of the similarities. And even in The Force Awakens, you can go and read the Legacy of the Force series. And great thing about the EU is you can read a series or standalone, usually by itself, while, and it gives enough context for understanding where you're at in the universe and what's going on enough to understand the story. So if you want to just jump into it, you can. So here's a question for you about uh, canon and this debate about the EU and new canon with Disney. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the original radio uh, performance of Star Wars A New Hope that was released. I think it was in 1978 
where they you know added a lot of scenes to to a new hope uh, have you have you heard about that do you know about that i know about it i've i forget if i've listened to it now it's been ages if i have so i don't really remember properly so it's always been kind of vague whether it's canon or not and a lot of people now are saying it's not because the backstory of what happened with um the uh the tantive four uh, is completely different in the in the radio play to Rogue One, right? Which makes it out to be mm. sort of this like very dramatic escape. In the uh, in the um, radio play, it's sort of this more drawn out diplomatic uh, sort of story of deception and intrigue, where Princess Leia feigns romantic interest in a uh, Imperial general and uh, you know turns on the turns on the good looks there for a moment and. Uh, how does that relate to the way that's handled in the EU in general, those sort of uh, events leading up to what we know as uh, A New Hope and, and, and Real Canon? I think that it's very much a thing of knowing about the canon tier system within the EU. And so what they essentially kept for New Canon was not the radio drama, just the movies, which was the G, which would be George Lucas canon, and the T canon, which was created around 2008 for the Clone Wars 2008 show and whatever other TV shows they would make going forwards, even though they didn't do that anymore. And so the radio drama would fall on the C canon, which was continuity canon. And while this doesn't really explain too many of the, any issues, you got to remember as well as 1978. And so if you encounter different versions of Star Wars, a little bit surrounding it, a lot of it, in the EU at least, and sea canon has been either retconned to be able to fit in better with each other, or there's also the secondary canon tier, which goes underneath sea canon where the way I approach that is the events happen and everything happened in it, but the little details of what actually happened might be different. And so... A lot of the earlier stuff falls into that, like the old Marvel comics, where you'll have... Luke with his lightsaber after Empire Strikes Back and before Return of the Jedi in the <laughs> <Right>. original Marvel run. <laughs> well, I was shocked when Wait. I read a, a Star Wars comic where, where Luke fights Vader, I believe, in a comic before or after he fights him in Empire. And I was like, what? This happened? You know, it's very, uh, <laughs> very odd. Um, and, and it's interesting to hear you talk about it. And I'm not, I'm not trying to disparage religious beliefs, but it sort of sounds to me like the same sort of argument that I hear when people pick apart like verses in scripture and somehow give like a justification for it. Do you find that some people are so devoted to the idea of canon that it almost blinds them from the fact that this is just a fun thing for people to sort of, uh, you know, spend time with as a hobby. Talk about that a little bit. The sort of fanaticism that is regarded in the EU that I've, I've come to come to notice. Yeah, don't mention the Clone Wars 2008 series. <laughs> <laughs> right. Some people are very militant with their points of view on that because it came later and because there are a fair few continuity issues with the rest of the expanded universe with and that series. And so when it comes to that, I think, it, it, going back to your analogy, you have to just watch it and reader from the perspective of what is the story trying to tell me and what is the message behind it and what can I enjoy about it rather than trying to go strictly 
this doesn't line up, this doesn't line up, this doesn't line up. Because when you're thinking too much about continuity, I think it ruins the experience and just makes it all very nitpicky. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and it seems to have infected fandom on Twitter, at least, with the uh, new release of uh, the uh, sequel trilogy. I mean, people have been criticizing all kinds of things as being inconsistent or somehow out of character. And in the end, I kind of just throw my hands up and I say, have a beer and be thankful for more Star Wars. What do you, what do you think about that? There's a place for valid criticisms and the current management Lucasfilm need to take that on and review at least their process of how they're doing everything and what they're doing with the story with credit criticisms because possibly in their own writing chamber they don't get the criticisms that fans would give and I was talking to a great EU fan about this from back when the EU before 2014 when the EU was decanonized or even before 2012 this would apply more is that there was really three pillars to what created good content was George Lucas was there you had the authors and you had the fans and they all worked together to be able to create create really cool stories really good stories because George Lucas didn't read all the novels he didn't have time but he got checklists of major plot points and force powers and stuff that he could use and improve them all and even went in and vetoed some decisions that they were going to make in the EU compared to was going there so I think once you remove or George Lucas is removed and you don't really have a suitable replacement that does the same sort of thing that he did for the universe or even has the same sort of understanding and I know people would talk about Dave Filoni being his protege or whatever but he's different he can do he can write good stories but I think everything needs to go through a continuity editor (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it was George's rights as a creator, but now that the creator's left, they need to have a different bit of a system in place. And also, they don't seem to listen to fans anymore, especially after The Last Jedi. It's weird, right? Which is disappointing. It seems like yeah. a, after The Last Jedi, they almost doubled down on alienation as their as their currency. Um, and I think that the, the fallout from Rise of Skywalker was trying to please everybody and end up pleasing nobody. Ironically enough, I loved The Rise of Skywalker. Um, I don't know if it's because I had two beers before I saw it for the first time, uh, but I just thought it was a fun roller coaster, and I didn't mind the fact that it had a timer of them. You know, I thought that was unique for Star Wars, that the whole movie sort of had a timer. Um, I mean, I suppose you could say that A New Hope had that narrative device when the Death Star's approaching the Rebels on Yavin 4, but that's only the third real plot line um but you know to each their own i i agree with you there is room for criticism mm. but it is good to just be able to sit back and enjoy it so uh i mean mm. i know that you're not a huge fan of the sequel trilogy but are there anything is there anything you could point to in the sequel uh, films that's sort of maybe a shadow of something you like in the eu or that you would have liked to see develop in the eu say anything with snoke or kylo ren or dare i say rose tico well kylo ren's basically jason solo that turned into darth kytus his story was well played out and you don't really need to see too much more of that because that was a really awesome plot line because well the difference between that is that we grew up with jason solo he is born in the thrawn trilogy and you read the junior and young jedi knight series and you grow up with him and you follow his training as a jedi and then 
it's after all of this that you read Legacy of the Force series by release date, and you know the character very well by the time that he does the turn, and so there isn't... The thing, the shadow for me was before The Force Awakens came out, and I bought into the hype a bit and thought about the potential of what it could be, and I, of course me spoiled by the EU, a bit of an EU snob. <laughs> was, uh, we only have going... snobs on this show, we don't allow anybody yeah. who has humility to appear on Faking Star Wars Radio, by the way. I was, so. yeah. You're in good company. <laughs> I was going, they could have New Jedi Order, they could have so many cool things in it that we see. Like Even the trailer was good, and they could, even just from the trailer, you don't know what the storyline was really going to be like. And so, there was a lot of potential there for new and interesting stories that would progress the universe, even if they chose to go with grumpy, green-titty milk Luke. <laughs> they could have done it in a very different way that would actually really progress the universe and so when I bought into the hype too much despite my better judgment and got shattered by the Force Awakens so <laughs> yeah that was the whole thing of me back around when those couple of years when Force Awakens and The Last Jedi came out was very much a hate cycle for me and me trying to reconcile my own feelings about the movies and how I was going to deal with them moving forwards and so thankfully by the time I started my YouTube channel in October of 2018 I knew what I wanted to put forward to the world and I'd reconciled the fact that I'm going especially by now I'm gone after episode nine I just don't have really any passion for it anymore yeah yeah <laughs> it's like just a thin withered uh, piece of uh, you know uh, castrated genitalia in Jabba, you know, Jabba's uh, palace is lying on the floor, baking in the hot <laughs> Tatooine sun at this point for a lot of fans, which I totally understand. Um, for me, having gone through the pain and ardor of having to watch the prequels be released as a as a adult, you know, I sort of feel like I'm one cycle ahead of you. And I kind of wonder if, mm. you know, the next series that's going to come out, like Ryan Johnson's stuff with the broom boy, and we've heard uh, recently this week that Ray is going to have a child who turns into a Sith Lord, um, maybe that... That uh, series of films will reignite the spark for you, much as it has done some of the older fans with the sequel trilogy. Yeah, not that I'll be watching it now. Because <laughs> like, even season seven of Clone Wars, I watched. I tried watching the first episode of it, and I'm just like, distracted, distracted. I just don't care enough about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I've been, I was going, well, okay, that's me done. I was giving all of the visual media, the TV shows and the movies the opportunity to grab me in and I wanted to really give it the opportunity like I understand EU fans just going they use the canon so I don't really want to watch any and I can understand people that want to try and watch it and read it and whatever because I've got a f friend that does that that reads everything in that to find the bits he does enjoy out of it which is different mindsets towards it Right. Uh, the part for me was just like, I'll give it a chance, finish the sequel trilogy. That's also when they said that after the sequel trilogy was done, they would be more open to listening to EU fans wanting the EU to be continued, which is really awesome that we got a classic Marvel issue 108 a year earlier than we thought we might even be able to ask for it again because we were just told to wait until the sequel trilogy's played out and that's done because that's a continuation of the EU and regardless of you some things are like yes valid criticisms do that hmm. 
because we want it to be the best you can be going forwards. So thinking about all this complexity, you know, with uh, the new stuff and the old stuff and the fans and, and uh, other properties too, like uh, Marvel and DC, like they've, they've handled this issue of there being too much content in a way, you know, you can't have it all be canon by sort of introducing this idea of multiverses. And I think even Star Trek has tried to do that a little bit with the J.J. Abrams reboot um, with the time travel stuff. But uh, do you foresee a future in which Disney sees this cash cow of the EU and decides to start reintroducing this Legends material and create sort of this alternate Star Wars cinematic universe that fits in? Um, If they were to do that, how would you feel? That sounds almost like a third timeline. The big thing that got me into Star Wars over Marvel and DC and some other franchises was that it had one timeline that was continuous when I was younger, and I really got into that. And I could look up on Wikipedia and whatever and go, all this cool stuff happened, because a lot of the time I didn't have the money, my parents didn't have the money to buy me all the books and whatever. It's sort of one consensual story that everyone agrees to, right? Yeah, that was the great thing about it, and even the old Marvel stuff was mostly retcon to fit in. Like, droids and Ewoks were explained officially, even though I still have... Droids is an odd one, which is a whole separate topic. I need someone that knows the comics and the surrounding so when it comes to they rebooted the timeline and we have a second timeline I was like okay I'll give it a chance see what they do with the universe differently and there's some potential there for some really interesting stories that go a different direction it's like the infinity stories because we have under S canon is like a non-canon section where they just had the three main ones in infinities are the what-if tales of the movies, where if something went different in the movies, what would happen? And the Tales comics, which, regardless of your opinions on some of the quality of that, just allowed people to tell stories that are like, what if? <laughs> just fun stories that are officially licensed. And so when it comes to New Canon, I went, give it a chance, but it didn't hook me. And so I think if they tried to meld them together in some sort of multiverse where there's some parts of each and both I'm like not really a fan because especially when I started noticing things in The Last Shadow which some other thing people might not notice is additions to the law like limits on the force because overexertion will kill you there will be clashes in how the force actually works and a very different way to approach uh, for a vision of the future of Star Wars with that. Talk about that. That's really interesting because uh, Ryan Johnson was under a lot of criticism for the way he used the Force, especially with like Luke's ability to um, uh, bi-locate or project himself uh, out using the Force. Um, but he, he defended himself with a lot of encyclopedias and books and that. Um, I mean, do you think that he got a bad rap to some extent or was it all just completely justified? Like I said earlier, there was some hate that isn't necessary like he he created the product yeah you cannot like the product but don't hate on the person it's like rose tico the character is separate to the actress kelly marie tran and jar jar binks is separate from i best and jake lloyd is separate from anakin skywalker <laughs> and so you get a lot of things where there's valid points within it for sure like the bombers were really slow and not practical and and then there's the hate, which is just like, I don't like this character because they did something. It's like, right. okay, whatever. <laughs> so there's valid things in it, but there's too much hate strewn around by 
certain aspects of the fandom i'll say all right well if you're at home and you like star wars trivia we're gonna do a star wars uh expanded universe quiz with uh, mr callum johns here it's a 10 question uh trivia round that we got from brangle.com thanks to the people there and if you're playing at home you can keep track of your answers uh and i'll read out the answer after each question so that you're not uh, triggered by too much suspense i wouldn't like to do that with anybody <laughs> so um are you ready to play yeah let's see how i do okay. i've read about two-thirds of the novels now and of course comics i'm working on i've read what comics that i've got physically so that's cool i think you might be uh good shape so i'm going to give you the option if you want to double down on questions uh by giving your answer before i read the options to you so uh you have the option of doing that and in in the case of getting an answer correct without even hearing the options i'll give you an extra bonus point per question so you have you stand to make as many as 20 points in this quiz uh, but if you do want to hear the options then it'll be one point for a correct answer sound good callum yeah that sounds good great all right so question number one what was the name of luke skywalker's wife would you like to hear the options Mar- uh, i can answer that it's mara jade skywalker Hmm. Okay. I'm not going to give any uh, clues here, but uh, the responses uh, available are Mara Jade, Padme Amidala, Leia Organa, Lumia, and Castilla. So those are the five choices. I've decided I'm actually going to trigger people and keep them in suspense until the end of the quiz. I decided that would be more fun. (laughs) Uh, Question number two. Is that, um, yes. Callista, not, yeah, Callista instead of the other way you said it. Yeah. Castilla or Castilla. C-A-S-T-I-L-L-A, I believe it is, but um, maybe I said oh, it wrong. That, Callista? I, that name doesn't ring a bell. Ah, okay. Because Callista that was a possible love interest for Luke at one point. Ah, it could be Callista, yes. yes. And- Did you write this quiz? <laughs> no. <laughs> question number two. What is the name of Luke Skywalker's son? Ben Skywalker. Okay. Your, your hard answer there, because, huh? Uh, yeah. Because he was named after Obi-Wan, Ben. So the choices are Anakin, Luke Jr., Han, Ben, and Lando for you playing at home. They should have thrown in a Jason in there somewhere because then you could throw people off if they're between Han and Leia's children. Oh, yes. Luke. All right, here's one that gets a little bit technical. Question number three. What planet was Chewbacca on when he died in the expanded universe? Sempidal was the moon, I think, but I think that's the answer as well. <laughs> so the choices there are Kashyyyk with three Ys in a row, Coruscant, Sempidal, Corellia, and Tatooine. So those are the five choices for you at home. I was really emotional when I read the Chewbacca comic series that they did after Vector Prime. Okay. Because that was the first time we actually reading about his death. And I was like, oh, no, Chewie. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, for me, that was what really got me about the um, Rise of Skywalker was how emotional it made me. I've never cried at a Star Wars film, but I cried several times the first, second, and third time I watched it. And that scene with Chewbacca finding out that Leia had finally uh, kicked the bucket, um, you know, for some reason just crushed me, you know? Mm. Well, I thought they were going I. I mean, I did get a little bit emotional because I got angry because I thought they were going to kill Chewie off <laughs> just from blowing up the shuttle. Right, right. <laughs> that have been fairly, uh, you know, uh, racist towards Wookiees, I suppose, to give them that um, unceremonious end. Yeah, so, well, at least it didn't burn Kashyyyk. But, yeah. 
there's that. All right, so uh, question number four. What was the name of Grand Admiral Thrawn's flagship? <sighs> Brian. Would you like the choices? Oh, I'm having brain trouble. Yeah, I'll get the choices. You need a I'll second cup of coffee. I'm, I'm sure you're going to get it as soon as <laughs> yeah. you hear it. The first option, Lusankia, Iron Hand, Executor, Devastator, or Chimera? The Chimera, yeah. Chimera? Okay. Yeah. Because uh, uh, the Lusankia is, is an Izard Superstar Destroyer, and the Iron Hand is, I think one of the other ones are you just trolling me are you really just toying with me is that how it goes down under you know you you weasel your way onto a podcast and make the host look like he knows nothing is that how it works (laughs) all right question number five where was the first death star constructed uh brain again uh okay i'll give you the choices endor Um, denuta was one of the death star plan places but i don't think that was where it was constructed yeah give this option choices are endor <laughs> despair or despaira despair i believe it is kashyyyk despair, yeah. alderaan and coruscant yeah, it'll be despair yeah duh. now you <laughs> I say know when i hear duh. it i've just read so much stuff that i forget some of the details <laughs> so wh- and so when i hear it i know but it's like oh that was, what was the little detail of a planet's name <laughs> <laughs> That's what my wife says, you know, little details about her name. She gets upset when I mix that up, too. <laughs> Question number six. What is Jason Solo's Sith title? Darth Kytus. Which is actually fan-chosen. They did a poll on... They did a thing on the forums of Sith names that they would do for Jason. And they that was the one that won, which is really cool. cool. Well, you're locked in your vote, but I'll read the choices. They are Darth Vectivus, Darth Bane... Darth Plagueis, the wise. Darth Zana and Darth Ketus as well. Yeah. Question number... No, it's funny how they have Darth Bane and his apprentice on there. It's like... <laughs> yeah. Clearly, this is not designed for people who have your level of encyclopedic knowledge. <laughs> question number seven. This is a simple true-false question, so you're not going to be able to get a bonus point here. Han and Leia Solo had three children. True or false? That's true. Okay. They had Jason, Jaina, and Anakin. And Anakin was named because Leia wanted to give her the name a good reputation compared to the one that Vader gave her. Interesting. So what happened with Anakin's storyline? A uh, new Jedi Order happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, actually, the behind-the-scenes story to that is that George was writing the prequels and making the prequels at the time it came out. And he said, oh, there's too many Anakins. People will get confused. <laughs> <laughs> well... What was the name of Darth Malak's apprentice? Darth Bandon. Okay. So lock that one in. You don't want to hear yeah. the options before you lock in? No, I'm happy with that All because right. I was just playing Swotor the other day with my smuggler and we were going to turn in Darth Bandon's head to a museum. So the other choices are Naga Sado, <laughs> Ludu Kresh, Ajunta Paul, which sounds like some sort of a venereal disease, and Darth and Dedu. <laughs> Oh, so I've got Darth Bannon was his apprentice though when you fired him. <laughs> Those were one of yeah, I didn't I that was one of the five yeah. choices as well. So. Oh, that yeah, was yeah. Yeah. sorry, I didn't mean to say that. Because others you. are yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, hang on one minute. Yeah. There's a bunch of the others are ancient Sith Lords from the Old Republic comics, which are cool. For a second there you saw your entire existence flash before your eyes in the sense that you thought you might have <laughs> gotten like, wrong. What? what have I been living? Oh, we got for? completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what am I worth? Uh, do I even deserve to call myself an EU fan? Yeah. 
Can I even get out of bed tomorrow and scratch my neck beard? <laughs> Can I even continue my YouTube? Yes, yes. All right. And uh, question number nine. Uh, which Sith Lord began the rule of two? I actually knew this one without having to read the options, oddly enough. That's good. That's Darth Bane. So the options Influenced are... by Darth Revan's holocron, which is interesting. So the options there are Darth Vectivus which sounds like some sort of mathematical formula, I guess. Darth Bandon, Darth Plagueis, Darth Zana, and Darth Bane, which you said. So we'll see. They should have yeah, thrown some people in the loop that were around at the time. Like They should have put uh, Lord Khan and some of the others around that time just to throw people through a loop a little mm. bit. <laughs> Last one is also a true-false. So I guess you have a grand total possible here of 18 points. Um... But uh, question number 10, Grand Admiral Thrawn's brother's name was Thras. True or false? Uh, yeah, it's true because his full name was Mithras Aphis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then that was his core name. Like Thrawn is Mithron Yulrodo. Mith- Mithron Yulrodo, right. Very good. Yulrodo, yeah. Okay, well, as I've scored <laughs> this, uh, it looks like you've gotten the maximum possible points uh, with the exception of getting a bonus point on two. So you got 16 out of 18. Um, you missed two bonus points, but congratulations that you actually yeah. ran the table here, got all of them correct. Um, so good job. Very nice. That was a good one because there was a couple of odd ones that went... Wait, hang on a minute. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I thought I <laughs> thought just to torture or trigger you, I might throw in a question with the wrong answer and uh, not tell you and just see how you reacted. <laughs> All right, uh, Callum. Well, uh, you know, we're coming to the end, but I just want to give you the opportunity to see if there's anything else you wanted to mention. Uh, anything, where can fans find you and your YouTube channel? I've been watching your videos of playing Jedi Academy. Uh, I also downloaded that game on my Nintendo Switch recently um, and designed. I found that the uh, Force Lightning was so op that you just have to plug plug your nuggets mm-hmm. into that and nobody can hurt you have you found the same yeah that's very much a thing in knights of the old republic as well where you can just spam force storm <laughs> yeah since i discovered i could force heal and shoot lightning nobody has hurt me <laughs> yeah for force heal is op in that game because you can just stand there and heal up and then go to the next area yeah yeah i see the last one i played was the one with the joystick Oh, wow. And so that was a good challenge, but they were all noobs because I was playing on Jedi Knight difficulty, which is the second hardest difficulty, and I still killed them all, (laughs) even though the controls are really weird. (laughs) But it was good fun. Very good. So if fans want to follow you and get to know you and interact with you, where can they go? You can find me and my name, uh, Callum Johns, on YouTube, which is C-A-L-L-U-M and J-O-H-N-S. And then my... my most interaction for YouTube is on Twitter. For people that want to talk to me, you can, my DMs are open and whatever, is at CallumJohnsYT, because my name was taken by someone else. I just thought that. What does the YT and, stand for? Uh, YouTube and Twitch, wow. because I'm multi-streaming to Twitch. Oh, okay. It was, an, it was originally YouTube, but I've also been streaming to Twitch, and I think... At a point, they said that you can't multi-stream anymore, so I'll work out what I do if I do more streams on Twitch or stick to YouTube for that, because Twitch is a really good platform for streaming. Seems like a lot of people are gravitating uh, over to Twitch from YouTube because of all the copyright infringement uh, baloney that YouTube is uh, hammering down from on high. And I'm pretty safe for the most part because I just play my games and the most it gets is a claim on some of the music that was from the movies and whatever else. 
Great. Um, but yeah, on Twitch, I'm John's Callum. If people want to look there for some of the options, I've got a couple of extensions on there, and it streams a little bit closer to real time. Very cool. So and you also good. pop into our uh, Faking Star Wars Discord from time to time as well. That bit.ly slash fsw Discord. That's all in caps. So. We like to see you yeah. in there whenever we can have you. Yeah, it's good fun. Um, and, yeah, just at the moment I'm in assessment season, so I don't have too much coming out. But over the break I've got one I've procrastinated about for ages that I'm going to start a series of from reading The Essential Guide to Warfare and putting visuals to it, basically. Oh, very Because I think that I was reading it and going, this is like a ready-made script that's perfect for just reading out and then editing and finding pictures to go with it and creating a graphic and that, so it would be really cool. Well, very nice. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you. Um, you know, I hope the flight from Australia, uh, you know, won't be too long for you uh, coming coming to visit when you are infuriated with the way we've uh, edited this podcast and made you sound like a complete <laughs> fool. Um, we do have the studio in Topeka, Kansas, but the door is locked, so you won't be able to get in. Um, if you do want to kill us, I would recommend somehow uh, poisoning our pizza with COVID-19 or something similar to that. That would be your best strategy if you did want to assassinate us. <laughs> If you're a healthy specimen, then you won't get killed by the coronavirus. So. <laughs> <laughs> a healthy specimen is definitely not something I can vouch for. I mean, I've been basically living off of pizza the last three months. So, <laughs> And unfortunately, that is all that we've got time for this week. Uh, you can follow us on Faking Star Wars on Twitter and Instagram at Faking Star Wars. And also on Facebook at facebook.com slash realfakingstarwars. If you'd like to go a little further, we're always posting new articles, tweets, uh, Instagrams, all kinds of good stuff for y'all. And if you'd like to submit a question for us for the next episode of the podcast, use the hashtag, hashtag FSWRadio, and we'll try to read it next week. You also can get official Faking Star Wars t-shirts and other fantastic gear at bit.ly slash FSWMerch. That's bit.ly slash FSWMerch. And you can follow me on Twitter at StormDuper. I do love to interact with the fans. If you want to hear uh, more, uh, how you can support us, go to our Patreon.com. That's Patreon.com slash FakingStarWars. Patreon.com slash FakingStarWars. And sign up to become one of our patrons. You can support us fakers financially so that we're able to keep making this great content that you love. And you also get a wonderful reward. You can buy in for as little as a dollar a month. You can be like Darth Taxus and Keith Harmon, who are our loyal supporters uh, who've joined us at the fake Jedi Knight tier. And have you written us a review yet? If not, give us a five-star review on iTunes, Podchaser, Spotify, or another podcast platform of choice. We're going up against Joe Rogan. We hear that he had a $100 million contract to sell his, and we're hoping to get $200 million for faking Star Wars. So, all your reviews help. If you write a funny review, we'll read it on an upcoming episode. And one last thing before we go, we want to invite you to our Faking Star Wars Discord server. It's our FSW Discord server, a free online chat room full of nerds, geeks, and morons just like me discussing Star Wars and other nerd culture topics. Not only Star Wars, but video games and all kinds of fun things. Um, and so join in at bit.ly slash capital FSW Discord. Make sure that FSW is all in caps. That's bit.ly slash FSW Discord. FSW on caps. Stay tuned to FakingStarWars.net for quality Star Wars comedy, parody, and satire. Thanks to all our wonderful followers for listening and supporting us, and may the foe be with you. See you next time. <laughs>